Welcome to It Builds Character, our improv character building podcast. My name is John, and I'll be the host for today. I'm joined by two fantastic people. First, returning back to the show, Stacy. This is my, I believe, second It Builds Character podcast, if we don't include the uh, role playing game that we did at the end of series one. And uh, I've been playing D&D for almost two years with John pretty regularly. I'm here because John is a very persuasive and uh, I like building characters as creatively as possible, but I usually only play rogues and brutes. So I'm hoping we can branch out a little bit today and I can learn something. Well, we've got a number of cool characteristics we'll find out about in just a second after we introduce our special guest. Jay Carter. I've been playing D&D now for about Eight months. I just recently got into it with some people from uh, some coworkers from work. I played a long time ago in high school, but uh, recently just got back into it, loving it. Um, actually, I played mostly fighting characters, but I did start my first uh, sorcerers this last uh, campaign. Wonderful. Well, um, we have the class locked in based on one of our suggestions, but we'll find out about it in just a second. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say thank you to the people as we read them off. So. Our first few suggestions are from BlizzardMain, at BlizzardMain1 on Twitter. And the first trait is, this character smokes, but is careful not to offend others with it. They smoke outside, or etc. The second trait is, this character has a strong sense of honor, is easily insulted, and will protect their honor with fisticuffs if necessary. The third trait is, this character is a paladin who only uses their fists, as that's the only way it's a fair fight. So they're very confident in their martial abilities. And... Don't use, have, they have forsworn other weapons. Unarmed. Legs are in play though, right? I don't see why not. Okay. I'll say, we'll say unarmed for purposes of just kind of general flavor purposes. Okay. Our next suggestion comes from Jim at the JBoss40 on Twitter. And this character has a mute younger sibling that they take care of on their travels. So as they're moving around, they've got a companion with them. Uh, I think a non-combatant probably makes sense. Uh, unless possibly one of the other characters that we end up making for series two has can fit as that younger sibling role. Maybe they kind of chafe about being protected. So we can kind of back burner that one a little bit, but we do got to get some, some hooks for it. Uh, our next suggestion comes from Meg at night Raven, R A Y V E N on Twitter. And her suggestion is this character only dresses in monochromatic colors and bonus. If the color matches their skin tone. So if we go with something a little more uh, kind of outlandish, like uh, Dragonborn or Tiefling, perhaps, if we have a bronze-skinned Dragonborn that always wears bronze, kind of have a very unique look to it. But that's the second part. The skin, to- skin tone matching outfits isn't necessarily locked in. Okay. Very modern. And last, Jason from What Do You Do at What Do You Do Pods on Twitter suggested a former butcher that still gets sick at the sight of blood. After that one time. So are they now a reformed vegan of some sort? Or do they just not want to kill animals? Like, did that affect the food situation? Oh, like, or did we go from being a hunter to a gatherer? Well, that's for us to figure out. But Excellent. we went from being a butcher to being a not butcher anymore. <laughs> for sure. All I could think of is the cow level on Diablo. That's <laughs> all I could think of right now. <laughs> oh, that's upsettingly appropriate. <laughs> So those are our character traits. And uh, if you're a new listener, first off, welcome. But also, while we're doing the character creation process at first, we're going to start using uh, they to refer to our character, just a gender-neutral they. And then as we start narrowing things down, 
uh, we'll probably determine uh, the pronoun usage for this character. So yeah, there we go. What are we thinking so far? These are our traits. Where are your heads at? Well, you know, we are in California. I'm thinking they smoke, but if they're smoking, they're smoking weed. But they're very conscious about it. So they're a true California smoker. I mean, they've been kicked out of all places that are potentially public except for the street. So they're like aware of their smoking. Right. Well, they don't have to get a card anymore. I know. But wait, what if they vape? Do tell me more about this fantasy vaping. Well, just because if they are a conscious smoker, people who vape can still like technically use the vape on the inside of a building in some places. So is that how sensitive we are? Well, I don't think it's a like a rules and regulations kind of thing because in, you know, you walk into the fantasy tavern, you're not going to necessarily have Someone no saying like no smoking signs, like, signs. No yeah. Vaping. You got that whole like Gandalf pipe weed thing <laughs> as a very a very common fantasy trope. Got but it. I think it's just maybe one of their former family members or close friends uh, just either had an allergy to it or just didn't like it for some reason. So maybe it's something they kind of adopted out of consideration for that person and now just kind of keep going with. Okay. Is this a person who likes to share? I think that fits with the rest of the traits that we have so far. They care for a younger sibling. Um, they have a strong sense of honor. So it seems like they would be amenable to sharing if uh, someone asks. Because I was thinking also with the colors being, you know, with the dress that this person has like black homework can't see. And that's why they always pick the same color. Oh, okay. So that's why I was trying to tie that all in together. Well, what if they pick the same color because they need to communicate with the younger sibling consistently? So this sibling is mute. That's right. Right. I've worked with the deaf for a long time, and a lot of people who are functionally mute use sign language or writing, but sign language is usually more efficient and faster because you don't need paper, you don't need a writing utensil, and you just need your hands and somebody who can understand you. So how is this person, how are, person, how are we communicating with this sibling of ours? I think sign language sounds like a great idea. So then with the deaf community, especially the interpreting community, it's very important to wear one color that is opposite of your skin tone or something that sort of illuminates your hands against the background because deaf people often complain that if, if an interpreter is wearing a color that's really bright or a pattern that's really hard to look at, it gives them headaches. Oh, okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So this monochromatic thing can work in our favor as long as they're as long as, you know, this it's a certain color that this child can still see. Okay, through. so let's go ahead and strike the color matches skin tone from the the monochromatic cuz I like the what call it? Uh the interaction between communicating via sign language to their sibling mm-hmm. uh and the the solid color very uh contrasty dress. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Right. So the sibling being mute, are we saying the sibling's mute and deaf or just doesn't talk? Not necessarily, but if one of the siblings knows sign language, like if this if the sibling uses sign language as their primary means of communication, they can still hear. But the other person involved has to also know sign language. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily need to use it all the time. But it is like one of those added bonuses where if they want to have a secret a private conversation in public, they can do that. But again, we would have to know sign language if that's how our sibling communicates. So it's either that or carry around a pencil a pencil and or parchment and quill forever. 
I was just thinking they would have their own like little shorthand language that they develop over the years. Happens too, but if they're mm-hmm. functionally mute, that eliminates the whole speech mechanism. So it has to, if you're going to have a language, it has to be through the hands, mm, right? Or I don't know, complicated eyebrow work. So maybe? what they probably, well, maybe we can meet in the middle on this. So they have they communicate through sign language to their sibling, um, but they've developed sort of like a combat shorthand um, of things like you know go there, attack that person, take cover, kind a of thing. Side. Yeah. Which would make sense in this time frame. Mm-hmm. So when they don't have the, the time necessarily to kind of communicate more formally, formally, they can kind of give a quick like gesture that says, you know, jump behind that rock or something like that. I'm going to throw a fireball. That's, that's very pro sign language. I like it. Perfect. All right. So we've got class locked in right off the bat with Paladin. And depending on how the ability scores shake out, we might be able to multi-class a little bit or just go strict paladin all the way through but do we so we're going paladin but do we know what do we have any ideas off the bat for what uh species this character should be i'm a little bummed that we didn't get to make a dragonborn in series one i'm gonna be honest so that's where i'm leaning towards i actually really like dragonborn characters and i think it would be cool to have like the dragonborn sibling as like the last two of their clutch or something like that it's kind of the two of them against the world but that is just very me being very self-indulgent so what are you guys thinking when's your birthday September. Okay, so your birthday's early. I'm I'm good with that. I, I like the dragon <laughs> because I was trying to roll a dragonborn in my last campaign and they wouldn't let me do it. So I would like to do that as well. They wouldn't let you do it. Well, he wants to, the cat. He wants us to be feelers oh. together. So we were going back and forth about that. Oof, bossy. Yes, but well, it worked out. I'm a dragonborn in my regular game, so I love dragonborn. I'm I'm 100% for it. So three for three. I think we're into yes. Dragonborn here. Okay. Absolutely. Sweet. Excellent. This is fun too because we're Dragonborn and we also smoke. So with the discreet smoke, does that mean that we're just breathing out and having to be discreet about it when we get a little, a little breathy? <laughs> or do we also have an addiction, sir? <laughs> I think that they uh, smoke something external. But the, I do like a fire dragonborn, so they don't need any ex- special lighter or something like that. They can just kind of <laughs> little puff of flame onto their... <laughs> yes, yes. I like that a lot. Oh, my God. I love the idea of a stoner fire dragonborn character. You know, I'm thinking of the little funny hat. He I has know! A, he's just lighting his own cigar or something with his own breath. And, and they tend to have really spiky sort of... It's not hair because it's mostly scales, but it's very spiky right there so they could put all kinds of beads on it. Mm-hmm. And, oh yeah, this is going to be good. I like it. Okay, wait, then if we're a dragonborn, we have to pick, um, wait, the fire dragonborn, then that picks our color. What color are we then? It'd be red or gold. Or I think brass. What are you thinking, Jay? I want it to be black. <laughs> well, the black dragon is what I play in my other game and that's an acid dragon. Right. Just so like we don't we won't get that smoke. I'm sort not. Of appeal. I'm not locked in necessarily on uh, the the letting their own smokables. I think uh, <laughs> I could go for Black Dragonborn. Okay, wait. Let's let if we're going for all options, we should review all options. So let me turn to the page. But, but you did say gold is also an option, correct? Gold is an option for fire. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, so Black Dragon is at, breathes acid, blue lightning, brass fire. Bronze lightning, copper acid, gold fire, green poison, red fire, silver cold, white cold. I'm not feeling cold, and I'm not really feeling poison. Well, I like the gold. I just didn't want to do a traditional red. 
No, I'm into cold, gold, not cold. Oh, cold, I got you. Words. Um, but the gold one is fire. See, I like the gold. I just don't like want to do too. a traditional red. Everybody goes red. Okay. I know. I like, yeah, I like the gold. It's kind of flashy. Okay, so then if we are gold and we have to pick a monochromatic color to use sign language against, but we want to be secretive about it, we could go for like a sort of like a turquoisey blue, maybe, or a maroon. Or what's another contrast of gold? Maybe like a like a deep royal purple. I'm thinking of crayons and paint. <laughs> I know y'all can't see me, but blue is like my favorite color because that's like I got it on all over me. So I'm, I mean, you've got this lapis bracelet that actually would work really well because look, you even have gold on your bracelet, and that's a good contrast. So that would work absolutely awesomely. Okay, I I was thinking. Like a black, all black, kind of Gotham up a little bit. You could do to black contract, too if you want to be. If you want to be real emo about it, we could go all black as well. Maybe we can have two monochromatic outfits. That kind of defeats the whole purpose. <laughs> Maybe the sibling wears black. That's what I was going to say. The sibling is black. Also a gold, gold dragon. Exactly. Oh, right. I like it. Right. Everyone's happy. That never happens. Look, you get two dragonborns, not just one. Right now, you get two. Although one of them can't talk. All right. And yeah, maybe the, this younger sibling. The sibling might actually, like, wearing all black, uh, can't talk. They might be a natural rogue. Like, we might end up making them for episode two or three. I mean, if they're slightly smaller, then yes. All right. Well, okay. We're not doing that one right now. We're doing this. Oh, I'm all the main excited. Person. We might get a I'm, two for one here. That's pretty I need nice. to be back for that. <laughs> I know. No. If, okay. If the sibling gets its own character. Same squad. Same squad. Okay. Excellent. All right, so we have a gold dragonborn paladin. The thing they smoke, is it legal in their... This, we're sort of using like a generic sort of D&D fantasy world, um, kind of of our own devising here. So uh, in this setting, is, the, is their smoking proclivity, is it legal or illegal? I mean, is there a D&D version of um, Reefer Madness? Because if not, then I think everything is sort of on the table here. Well, it's up to us. We can have things like, you know, there might be some like social ill to the thing. Like it might actually have, you know, real life serious consequences, like some harder drugs like heroin or cocaine. Um, not a, like, you know, marijuana, which is, you know, pretty much harmless. Which is a weed. Um, harmless. Yeah. <laughs> so there could be substances that are, you know, they might smoke, but they might smoke stuff that's, you know, more damaging and therefore like illegal in the kingdom or uh, more benign and therefore just kind of like no big deal, like smoking cigarettes in you, the real world. Well, I was thinking more of, as they travel the realms, if you will, certain places it's legal and certain places is illegal. And this character might be trying to fight to get it legal in those places. I like it. Okay, cool. So, so it's, 50-50, depending on where they questionable. travel. Mm-hmm. And maybe they like mix it in with cigarettes, so it's a little bit hidden when they're in those places where it is illegal. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're a little a little sneaky about it. Maybe they're a little contrabandy. Or it might even be they'll, like if it's, say that it's banned in a town that's like a dry county or something like that, maybe they'll just like, you know, leave the town, go out to the woods, not really want to bother anybody. They're not trying to make waves. Because they want to be very considerate about it. I mean, yeah, they're discreet, mm-hmm. but they're still sneaky. 
Like they're still like moving around from place to place and they got their little compartment in their shoe or something that they're using to smuggle in this set of cigarettes or what have you. All right, we'll put semi-legal then. Semi-legal. And and maybe this is why the younger one doesn't talk to him because the younger one wants them to give this ill habit up and has taken like an oath not to speak to them or not to speak out loud until they give it up. Ooh, sibling conflict. See, I saw the, the mutinous as just a like a birth defect or the product of an injury or something like that. It's something that they've you know, worked around, but mm-hmm. uh, not necessarily like a imposed mutinous I, silence. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think, I wouldn't think of it as a negative quality necessarily. It's something that has happened mm-hmm. in this creature's life, which we are going to flush out at a later date. Mm-hmm. Obviously, all right, because that's that's happening. Um, so, in my mind, I'm envisioning a very supportive relationship between the two of them. Maybe something happened with their parents or their family where they had to really rely on each other in times of strife. And then they sort of became not a crutch, but more of a support system for each other. Because I don't like the idea of having the sibling, having one dependent on the other. I like the idea of them sort of boosting each other up Mm -hmm. at the same time. So I like that the sibling does not approve of the smoking thing but is still a part of this sort of duo that they're right. together. I like that there's, I like the idea of tension between them. Which happens with siblings. I you mean, have tension, but you still there to support each other. Anybody who has a sibling, I think, can agree with that. All right, I've got an idea. Let me just kind of spitball this to y'all. Mm-hmm. All right. When they were hatched, they, they hatched and they found all the other eggs around them were like smashed. Um, and maybe theirs were, those two were like hidden in a like small area or under the other eggshells or something like that. Uh, but for some reason they were the only two that survived their clutch and maybe they got found, you know, as infants by some passerby traveler who found like this, you know, the wrecked like birthing temple and adopted them. And so that traveler was, you know, probably not a dragonborn, I think. And, Mm. you know, raised them, raised, uh, than this main character to be the butcher to kind of follow in their footsteps because the doctor was a butcher and then something happened and our, our character said i can't do this anymore and i feel like i need to know you've been great to me but i need to kind of find my own way and they took them and their sibling and hit the road and followed their like paladinly sort of way of life yeah maybe they maybe they had a you know a divine vision or they always have a like because they have a strong sense of honor so maybe they have like they they need to go out in the world and try to right some wrong they either know or perceive mm-hmm. or just want to like do good they were they were helped out in a time of need maybe they need to try to find other downtrodden and help them out as well I protect like those it. who can't protect themselves i really do like that absolutely I like that a lot. Ooh, and that could even work with the un- younger sibling because if the other sibling is like kind of chafes a little bit, at, they feel that our character is overprotective. So there might be a little bit of friction there. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, yes, I'm, you know, you're half an hour older than I am, but that doesn't mean like I'm a baby. I can take care of myself. Right. Um, okay. 
into the cool. But that also could play into that that sibling ten, sibling tension that we were talking about. Like you're not taking care of yourself, but you are very overprotective of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's great. Mm-hmm. So their energy is focused. Our energy would be focused more on our sibling and trying to help them, even though they are a perfectly capable individual, which happens a lot in real disabled people's lives. Like mm-hmm. they often have others who are hovering around them, even though they are perfectly capable. So that could be an additional frustration too. Excellent. And I am sorry, but this whole hatchling two eggs only survive thing, very Finding Nemo. I love that movie. Ooh. I love that storyline. Okay. It's a tearjerker and heartbreaker. All right. Which leads to fun tension. So you saying that's the best Pixar Disney movie out? Oh, that is not what I am saying, I'm just Jay. making sure. Just Ooh. making sure. Ooh. We could go there if y'all we, want to. We right, could no. go there. We do not have time. <laughs> that's that's right. a different podcast. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. So let's go ahead and dig in a little bit to the mechanics and start assigning some numbers. Mm. So we're going to use the standard array for our, our character stats, which means we have a 15, a 14, a 13, a 12, a 10, and an 8 to assign to some combination of strength, dexterity, constitution, intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Uh, for paladins, their most important aspects are strength and charisma, uh, which I believe Dragonborn get bonuses to inherently as well. Strength, yes. I don't know about charisma. Let me turn to the Dragonborn page. And being I've never played a paladin before, I'm learning all this stuff while I'm looking through the book. Yeah, so when whenever we have an ability score increase, strength and charisma both go up. Strength by two, charisma by one. So those are our two biggies. So we could actually go ahead and do right off the bat like 14 in strength, 15 in charisma, and get two, uh, two 16s. That'll put us in a pretty solid position for backing up our, you know, it's a fair fight if I only use my fists. Yeah. Boast. Um, but also giving them enough charisma to channel their powers uh, to a good extent. Yeah, I think that's a good spot. I mean, it's either that or flip them. So strength would be 15, charisma would be 14. Well, it's better. we're better off... We hit more milestones when you get even numbers. Mm, so okay. six, 14, 16, 18 are kind of our breakpoints for stat bonuses. Okay. All right. So we, we've divvied out the high side of the equation. Where are we putting the eight? What's going to be our anchor? So Is it intelligence, wisdom? I was thinking, so if, I mean, we're getting a little bit of an Ippos character twofer here, but um, <laughs> if we have the, we already talked about having the sibling be a rogue. Right. Mm-hmm. So what if we made them sort of opposites? If we have this character have like an eight dexterity, they're a big clanking tin can, load them up in steel, (laughs) and couldn't stealth the other way out of a paper bag. Like they walk and they just, it's like a tin can dragging on the street behind them. Yeah, it's like someone rolling a bag of pots and pans down the sidewalk. Good God. Um, So we. we, And then the mute character is like, shut up. Yeah, we throw (laughs) high decks for the other character. So what you're saying is this is a fighter. Fist of Fury, but can't move out of the way of anything. No, not quietly. <laughs> they rely on their full plate to keep them safe. <laughs> oh. I kind of like that. All right. So I mean, I'm, I'm, 
I'm interested in it. Okay. I'm also interested in other options, though. Like, what if we were dumb? What if we put an eight towards intelligence and we were just like a bag of hammers dumb? See, that's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, smoking and just sitting out there and has like the long dreads, if you will. It's just, right, like a, hey, like a, what's up? Like a long-term of, smoker, like a, yes. like a perma-stoned type character. Well, we still have a, tw- uh, a 10, which is kind of very moderate. That could moderate. be perma-stoned and also functional. That could be good. I think we also went with a low intelligence a few times in season one, so... <laughs> so you want to smart them one. up? Yeah, let's <laughs> bump them up a little bit. <laughs> Raise the bar here? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we clearly have had to invent a language with our sibling, a signed language with our sibling, so... Mm-hmm. We're probably not a bag of hammers dumb, but that doesn't mean we have to be... So let's you put know. the 10 in intelligence then. Okay. And then we have a 13 and 12 between wisdom and constitution. Are we a little bit tougher or a little bit wiser? If you're doing fist fighting, you got to be a little bit tougher. Agreed. All the brawls, you have to be. Agreed. All right. So that's going to total up to a strength of 16, a dexterity of 8, constitution of 13, intelligence of 10, wisdom of 12, and a charisma of 16. Pretty solid stats yeah, going stat. down here. So now I have a question about paladins and like oats and lay hands and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Do you have to have wisdom or intelligence for that or is it just something they naturally get? That's all based on charisma. Okay. So it's their force of personality that lets them channel the divine energy. Now, even though we had a devotion paladin in series one, I think devotion fits best with the backstory we've made for this character. Uh, I think they are very protective, uh, maybe a little bit too much so. And I think that fits a little bit better than vengeance or ancients or conqueror uh as far as paladin origins go well maybe vengeance fits in and i don't know vengeance once again but yeah something happened with the blood and everything and maybe that's what they're out to seek vengeance upon is whatever happened with the blood story Mm -hmm. i mean if they hatched and they were the only two of the clutch to survive that's that's a pretty dramatic initial imprinting on their psyche so ooh. Oh, good. I was going to say, well, maybe they were working with the butcher and then, you know, they open up some curtain and it's all these dragonborn skinned and that's what happened at the butcher and why they don't want to do it anymore. Oh, that would be so... And that causes... That would be so f- up. Sorry for that. But that would be so metal if they were working at a butcher shop being like, I'm going to cut this pig. I'm going to go into the freezer. And then what's behind the curtain in the freezer? Oh my God, it's me. Like, that would be insane. And then that's what led to my smoking. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get a reason for the smoking. I'm I'm here in California. Look, we're in California. We don't need a reason, okay? It's here. All right. It makes me feel better. So uh, there's that, which sounds... We can go that down there. I just want to propose a different route, but you know what? Maybe a little less We don't have to go this way. Is... What if the reason they sent out on this this quest with them is uh, basically it kind of happened again? Like some marauder, like the big the campaign big bad came through the little town and killed their adopted parent, and so that was the sort of inciting incident for adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, as well as like it was so gory they couldn't look at you know meat ever, meat again, so they've they've gone vegetarian because they witnessed the slaughter, right? That makes more sense with the that lines up with our uh, reformed butcher mm-hmm. scenario. I like that. So that does make 
a little more sense. Although the than our super murder story. Although I do like the super murder story because I'm a person of extremes, but it could also have been that the the person who adopted them was the same person who was smashing all the eggs. And then there you go. But he couldn't kill the live ones. Ooh. Uh, Ooh, super conflict. So it was like it was a a guilt thing. Maybe they got paid to smash the eggs and they didn't realize that they were about to hatch and until the very end when two happened to hatch. And then this adopter butchery person got a conscience all of a sudden. Yeah, I couldn't bring himself to kill uh, uh-huh. the baby. That's kind of like Game of Thrones-y. That. I like yes. that. Okay. okay. Going down that path. Yeah. I like the Games of Thrones kind of thing. Yeah. You know? So they found out the truth and they had to, they couldn't stay anywhere. They had to They had to get out. Mm-hmm. And the the incident after like the one time that they're, they're referring to they can't stomach blood anymore is this whole like twisted butchery thing that they've been dealing with their whole life now has a whole new context where they know who their who their parent was. Right, and that also plays into why he doesn't want to use any uh, like knives or weapons because of the butcher, so that's why he uses his fists. Yes! Oh, see, it's all coming together. All right. Mm. Mm. We should write George R.R. We go, hey, you got to finish your book, right? right? We got an idea. There you go. All right. Bring us on board. Just make this whole show about the dragons. And then we'll be fi- really we should contact HBO and just be like, hey, you could make one more season just about the dragons. Right. Just fly me out to wherever. Just on set advisor. <laughs> we'll work for cheap, just like room and board. That's it. And maybe hanging out with the people there. We'll be fine. So what should we do as our background? Um I'm thinking folk hero would actually fit pretty Pretty all right. Uh, they've kind of they're a, a dragon of the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, they grew up, uh, you know, very common uh, with working for a butcher, a very kind of regular profession. And so they made inroads with just the common folk around the countryside, uh, who now have gotten word of this quest and will help them out. Okay. So that'll give us animal handling and survival. Ooh. For skills. Those would be useful. Will we need? them though i mean if we grew up at a at a but what are we thinking for this adopter background are when we got adopted were we stable were we in a town or are we moving around on like a caravan i see like a small town uh rural like farmland and like there's a bunch of farms around to support like the local lord or baron and there's a town to support those farmers and uh, the castle and this was the like the town butcher so they'd buy livestock off of the farmers and slaughter them and then sell cuts of meat all about so how long were they with the butcher how long were they in this town i think they were there till like i think they've they've just hit adulthood so i think if dragonborn that's like 17 years or something like that yeah it's like it's sixteen, fifteen somewhere in there yeah so I they have roots in this town yeah yes okay They've got friends, and the town was like surprisingly welcoming to them, even though they're like the only dragonborn there. Well, somebody was eating the dragonborn or hanging up in the butcher shop. No, I'm just right? joking. Or, or they were just making coats out of out of our shiny, shiny scales. There you go. If there were trophies, shields, dicks, boots, bags, belts, all that. Ugh. All right, so let's look at a couple of other skills that we get. 
athletics, insight, intimidation, medicine, persuasion, and religion. So I like persuasion over intimidation if we're going to give a social skill. Especially growing up in a, a city that mm-hmm. they had, I would say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't like insight because I think if they don't have insight, then it, that's why it took mm-hmm. them so long to kind of realize the truth. Right. What about medicine? I mean, if we worked in a butcher shop, then we would understand basic, I hate, for lack of a better term, meat handling. Well, I would so say anatomy, but anatomy, uh, anatomy, or but also I'm thinking like suturing wounds. Yeah, and I like it. Making efficient cuts and things like mm-hmm. that. Maybe cauterizing stuff. So medicine could be perfect. Helpful. All right. So I think we have a shield, but I don't think we have any weapons. But then wouldn't the shield limit him to only one hand when it comes to fighting? Must be worn on our backs. Or is it like a buckler where they rate like on their forearm? I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah, I think we could have a shield that would allow us to, to like still punch up one. both hands. Yeah. yeah. All right. I like Cause, that. Because the gun's got to be free, right. you know? Like, that's with, all we got. With a spike on it and oh, use yeah. it as a, with no weapons. So no, we got to no take the spike off. Never mind. Do we want a... Uh, like a bow for long range fights. I'm a fan of the bow. I like the bow. It's also a good hunting tool. See, I want him to get up close, dirty, personal, get up all on that. That's okay. what I want. But it's more of an as needed weapon. You know, it's not like the go to. See, I'm thinking that's what the sibling's for. Mm. Oh, just, all right, just use the sibling. <laughs> just, just throw the sibling. Just, just launch them. All right, I'm into it. Like the big guys are well, up the close sneaky and personal. Ones. And right, and the little one is like, all right, I'm going to sneak around and come and get you. I like it. Ninja E. Okay, I'm into it. All right, so uh, a priest pack or an explorer's pack for their traveling pack? I think explorers is kind of more fitting with the character. The, the 100%. Paladinus mm-hmm. has sort of come upon them. It's not something they really kind of were trained for. Yeah. And then we have chainmail and a holy symbol as our armor. What's our holy symbol? Do we get to pick I th- it? I feel like that we do because we pick their, their patron. But I think Bahamut is kind of the go-to here. I think they really sort of embraced their their dragonness when they set out on this quest, um, because that was something that was kind of stolen from them by uh, the guy, the person who killed all their siblings. All right. So now they're like, forget the you know, forget your human gods have been worshiping this whole time. D- Bahamut is gonna be my patron. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense with this whole coming of age thing too. Like it's sort of, who am I? Rebellious. Back I'm, to my roots. Exactly. Ooh, we could even if we want to go. Uh, oh, what's her name in Tiamat? We could do Tiamat, the evil goddess of dragons. That. Yes. Can we do that, please? Yeah. I'm into it. I uh, yeah. Ever since I was a little kid, Dungeons and Dragons, the cartoon Tiamat, I was like, yes. So absolutely. Excellent. All right. So it could be vengeance against like humans, you know, maybe it might not be, or like, I mean, we mess up a lot of stuff. The meat community. Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of like a bloodthirsty vegan. Right. <laughs> not here to eat. I'm just here to carve I'm not gonna people eat you. up. I'm just going to murder your ass. Right. I think cheese is okay. You I think we do vegetarian. Che- vegetarian. Okay. It's hard to live without cheese. Do love cheese. Do love wine cheese. and cheese. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. what what alignment are we thinking? I'm thinking something neutral because I don't think they're full evil in their heart. 
but I do think they've kind of been brought down a darker road uh, by the circumstances they've found themselves in and by their devotion to Tiamat. So you think in chaotic neutral, they'll do anything it takes but stay on that road? That's kind of what I've been thinking. Right. Oh, like in the back of my mind this whole time. I've kind of been thinking like regular, like neutral neutral, because I feel like they had more of a lawful bend for a while and their world's kind of been thrown into chaos a little bit. But I'm thinking Tiamat, you gotta, Tiamat. All right, you've, you've convinced me. Because, yeah, if they're going that extreme, then clearly something has happened. Maybe they started off as a true neutral, but then what has set them off on this quest has pushed them to the chaotic. I think they started as neutral good uh, growing up, mm-hmm. but then, but now they've, because if, if they got kicked down, they would admit they could have been kicked down to evil, but maybe they just got kicked down to neutral along that axis. But I could see, you've convinced me chaotic. So I think chaotic neutral is a good fit here. Because I don't think they would throw everything away because the town folks we're good to them. Mm-hmm. So it's just like they have this little itch to get out there for a little vengeance. Well, yeah, I mean, chaotic neutral prides personal freedom over everything. Mm-hmm. So maybe they lo- they still like their town, but they need to figure out who they are and they still value their own independence and their freedom. So they're wandering about outside of their town because clearly we are no longer in our town. But they got to find a place they can smoke. Yeah. Right. So, if you can't smoke in the town, then like, what are we doing? We're going to it's the a next whole rebellious thing that we got going on here that we're dragging our poor sibling along with. Got to learn. I, I mean, yeah. Should have been th- born 30 minutes earlier. A, the nigga do everything. You know what? Too effing bad. Ugh, as a younger sibling, that hits home so hard. <laughs> I wouldn't know. I'm the oldest. I figured. Five sisters, though. Oof. It's... I only have one. Yikes, man. You know, a lot of fights. All right. So let's go ahead and look at some of the personality traits, ideals, bonds, and flaws here. So the book suggests a few for the folk hero background. And we can roll on the table here, but none of them really kind of catch my eye. We're at 131. Mm. So I could see some, like, there's one that's kind of, if someone is in trouble, I'm always ready to help, uh, to, to lend help. Something like that, but maybe kind of, like, I'll help anyone who deserves it kind of thing. Uh, like, or I'll help the helpless, but smite the wicked. Like, I like that. Being from their background, somebody helped them, so they want to help the people that can't help themselves. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Or they could just say, forget it all and destroy everything. I was going to say, there's another one that's thinking for other people. I prefer action. So a whole leap before you look mentality, mm-hmm. which could be kind of fun. Okay. I'm, I'm around. I can be around for that. Because think- in my mind, yeah. in the next podcast that we do about this character duo, we're going to have... The sibling, yes, and the sibling is going to pull this current character back. Like okay. I want them to have exactly. a true yin yang dynamic, where they pull each other towards polar opposites. Okay, so maybe instead of help the helpless, it's more of a um, act first, yeah. ask questions afterwards. Like shoot first, act, ask questions later. I like that. I like the idea of the the siblings. I love that. Just I know that off each other that tension. I think it'd be really, really fun to have to have that tension in a game, mm-hmm. and it, I, th- I feel like it would really change sort of the gameplay too, because you have two of the, ca- of the people involved just really butting heads the whole time. When it's like, also, we have to keep going along this quest here, so everybody has to move along in a way. I can see them like getting in fights, and the rest of the party just sitting down and waiting for the fight to be over, and or then they pick up. forcing people to pick sides. 
dragging Ooh. the other members of the party into their bullshit. Mm-hmm. How does this sound for an ideal? If I become strong, I can take what I want, what I deserve. Ooh, now that that is a pretty big extreme. Is that as extreme as we think a reformed vegetarian is going to go? Reformed vegetarian? What are we calling this? No, they're vegetarian now. New vegetarian, right? Because we just we left the butcher and now we are vegetarians. Yeah, I think even the the vegetarian thing might be, or the the leaving the butcher thing might be, like almost an act of rebellion. Like, like I was raised, I was raised it. by a butcher, and now I'm going to forswear that. I'm not going to, you know, give coin to any other butcher. I, I like that. <laughs> That's funny. The the meat processors get no more of my money. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm coming over the hillside. They see this dragonborn and nope, I'm not going to raid the butcher. I'm going to your fields and your crops and that's what I want. Where do you keep your soy? Right. <laughs> Let me find your wheat fields and your corn patches. But now I'm thinking, is the younger one exposed to this as well? Oh, yeah. But I think they're handling it differently. Like everyone's kind of processing everything in their own their own way like they have a little they have a little backpack where they keep secret meat snacks and they just keep nomming on them through the journey because i'm like the like a, like a little be jerky like, no, side pack i'm all about steak filet mignon <laughs> i'm still eating meat i didn't see what you saw that's what i'm kind of thinking right? like i'm not involved in your situation more attention more attention more attention but you know what that is for our next podcast yes we'll all leave right. that there so what do we do for the ideal what do we like like what's their uh like their core belief either the one where they they take whatever they want as soon as long as they're strong enough or the thinking is for other people i prefer action well that's either way they act we're we're on the next page now i know (laughs) so there's another one um there's no good in pretending to be something i'm not i like that Mm. i like that because they were pretending trying to fit into human society and now it's like no this is who we really are. Uh, I think their bond is to their sibling. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll take care of my sibling uh, above all else. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the whole vibe. Do they think of it as like, I've lost so many brothers and sisters that I'll do whatever it takes to protect the the only remaining one? Well, I'm thinking they haven't ever seen another dragonborn. And so they're like, this is the only one that I have. Somebody that's, and so I would do anything to protect this person because I've never seen another one. All I've seen is those broken shell, eggshells, and or or death. I've never seen another one alive. So let me take care of my sibling at all costs. Well, if they've never seen another one alive, that means they are from a like a. They'd have to be from a really small town that's not near a big city type situation. Which fits with what we've been doing Which so fits. far. So, so yeah, if that's, if that's where this location is, where our sort of location started. Well, that would also make sense because it's so small, it's extremely conservative. Yeah. So they can't smoke. Uh, there you go. Always comes back to the weed. Always does. You know, it does. <laughs> but then also they could, they could be on this quest to try and find more of their kin. So it is more of that self, like, personal journey where they're trying to find themselves and within the grander scheme of things like go back to their roots find their roots since they haven't seen them yet right but i also like the idea of when they find their roots they don't fit in with them either because because they won't 
because they're not exactly culturally in that. Right. Yeah. All right. So what do we like for the flaw? One of the ones I was thinking is maybe like they're worried about sort of becoming the monster that they hate or something to the effect of. Uh, well, that would actually fit. They don't want to become the butcher. Yeah, but the, they become the butcher with killing everything. Mm. Any other suggestions? I mean, I, out of this list, I think that that one is the most fitting for our story. What if we were to as like, I worry I'll become a monster like my father because they still think of their, the butcher as their, their father, their parent, because that's the only person they've ever known. Ooh, and that's the guy who was skinned in Dragonborn? Yes. Excellent. George R.R., we have ideas for you. Send an email. Reach out to us. Right? We're always available. Let us know. John's got a Twitter handle. Hit him exactly. up. Okay, so I think we're pretty much got this character wrapped up. Oh, actually, no, not quite. We need uh, some finishing touches. So mm. what do we see as, uh, as a gender for this character? Boy, girl, non-binary, what do we like? I mean, I feel like with this character, you can literally go either way. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I, another. Uh, I think the more important thing is, is this character the same gender as their sibling? I'm gonna say no. Right. I've always wanted like an older sister, so I'm thinking the sister. To oh God, did you? Yes. That's bold. Well, just one of <laughs> the older friends, and that's who I wanted to hit on. I, we can get into ah, that later. Another discussion. <laughs> yes, another discussion for later. <laughs> for the next podcast. But I just like the idea of bucking the trend and let the older one be the sister, be a female, and likes to get dirty and rough and tumble, you know, gorgeous ladies of wrestling style. Glow. I dig that. Yeah, the whole time this character gave me a big sister vibe, really. But honestly, you could go either way. Like, Oh, absolutely. Definitely go either way with this one. All right, do we have any ideas for a name? I'm thinking maybe they have a... Like a name they were they had growing up, but they've chosen a new moniker as they've set out. Like they were probably called something by their adopted father, but then, like, then the whole sort of re re how much word like like Becca went from Becca to Aramis or something. That's what mm. you're saying. Yeah. Well, there's a list of childhood names in the book that. Well, remember they did, they grew up outside of Dragonborn society. No, so I went, no, I know, but like the childhood names, they're pretty. They're kind of like two, one of them's Climber, the other one's Earbender, and there's Shieldbiter, so it's very sort of picture forward nomenclature, so we could do something like, I don't know, what would be a butchery nickname? Like, well, the no, only thing I can think of right now is Little Cleaver, but that's terrifying. But, if they're but also we're dragonborn, so we're kind of scary. But if they're adopted by humans, the humans wouldn't have any concept of that, so they just call them like Sue or whatever. Sue? Drag well, a dragon board named Sue. Well, I was thinking they have two names. Like they yeah. have their the name that the butcher gave them, and now they're trying to cast off all that human reinvent themselves. And, exactly. Yeah, reinvent themselves. And now they have a dragonborn name, but it it's not for Dragonborn because they're not familiar with it. So they made a mistake in like their name and how they picked it. But wait, here we go. They've never met any dragonborns outside of their upbringing, right? Mm -hmm. What if they're on a quest? to get a dragonborn name because they don't have any reason or knowledge about where they get dragonborn names and they don't know very many. So what if they're on a quest to find their kin to get a name? So how about 
Jane and John Doe until they find their real name. Like an anonymous, like a like a nomenclature. Yes. Okay. I think that could be fun. Also, it goes into the whole you know signed language thing. They have their own little language. They probably have made up little names for each other. But honestly, they're probably signed mm-hmm. so that both of them can express them. So maybe they don't have a name necessarily at this point, but they were previously called something by their human upbringers. So they'll, they'll need a name for like just for usability purposes. Um, but what what was that name that they're still trying to buck? They haven't they haven't lost it yet. I mean, in D and D, do they do bastard names like in Game of Thrones? I'm still on Game of Thrones, so I'm thinking like Jon Snow. Last name is a bastard name, and then the first name is super generic, something like that. Well, or... I think they were their butcher uh, adopted father was definitely like a bad guy, but I think he grew to generally like genuinely care for them. So I don't think it would because the the bastard name is kind of like. A slap in the face kind of thing. Ned Stark loved Jon Snow. All right. We can talk about this later. Yeah, but I'm, <laughs> I'm very emotional about it. My roommate has not seen it. I just rewatched season one. Wait, wait. But I'm Your saying he, roommate has not seen it. Never mind. We'll get back to that later. I got, I got a lot. But I'm it's, saying. There's a lot going on right now. He would have probably given them names that he has some amount of affection for. Yeah. I mean, yes. Okay. But they still, in their rebellious state, would want to buck those names and go and find something that is more culturally appropriate because they're trying to find themselves. Yes. So, well, so do you want to just do like Jane as our like Jane kind? Jane the Dragonborn? Did, when you were little, did you ever watch Silverhawks? What? Maybe it's the not cartoon, really because I just I'm thinking like there was a brother and sister in there, and one was Steel Heart, and other one was Steel Wheel, and that's. Where they came together. One was like the big fighter and everything. So something along that line is what I was thinking. Okay. I like that. I like them having the same name but a different ending to it. Right. Exactly. As they're trying to find their dragonborn name. So we're gold. So it could be gold something. Gold finger. (laughs) (laughs) Gold fists, gold Gold, hammer. Gold gold tooth and gold claw. Okay, so what if we went with like, so so AU is the. Otter, like yeah. For gold, right? Right. So we went like August and something else. I I don't like August and Augustus because they're too similar. What if we went like August and Augury? All right, okay. Don't give me that look. <laughs> Augury? Also, August? I actually like August. I mean, I don't hate August, but it's also a month. August and Austin? Ooh. Right, I, think we, I think we got winners there. Uh, there uh, it yes. is. Yeah, I like that. So which one are we, August? August. Yes. Yeah. And Austin is the little boy. And Austin. Ooh, he's a little boy. This is going to be so much fun later. Wait. About 30 minutes. Yeah, but still. That shit matters when you're twins. Well, I work yeah. with twins. That right. they, they talk about it. Well, I'm thinking of the same age, but like completely different in size. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think August is built and uh, Austin is very slight. Mm-hmm. So they look like they're probably got three or four years difference on them, mm-hmm. even though they're... So full-grown dragonborn, the small ones are six feet and like, 175 to 200 pounds so austin is probably a little shorter than six feet 
and probably in the 170 range. So it's like a nice, tall, slender. Wait, I was thinking like mm-hmm. five, five, like a little. That would be well. That well, you know what? Like the run of the litter a little mm-hmm. bit. Then that I like, but that's something we have to flesh out in the next podcast. So right. this us, how tall are we? We'd have to be like what six, five, maybe six, seven, seven, maybe seven. Six, seven. I was thinking seven feet. Go for it. I think that's a little much. I like six, seven, six, 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 seven. All right. It still cuts an imposing figure. And we talked about her having like beads or some kind of adornment mm-hmm. in her scales. Mm-hmm. I like that. And go with the blue, that like royal blue. I like the royal blue with the gold. I think that's a. You know what? I think we're I think we're pretty styling. Right. Yeah. Or like like a piece of like a, a joint or something hanging out for like one ear. Unless she's got a roach clip behind yeah, exactly, her ear. Exactly. <laughs> all right. So that's a feather. All. Yep. So that's no, August. it's her oh. earring with that's the feather it. on yes. it. And she yes. takes it out. Yes. yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> there we go. Jay, you and me. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's August, our dragonborn paladin. Uh, she smokes uh, somewhat illicitly, but is very considerate of others. If they don't, if they ask her to, you know, move away, she always gives them some space. Uh, she has a strong sense of honor, is easily insulted, and protects their honor uh, with combat if necessary. Um, but they don't use any weapons to fight; only their fists. Because uh, that's all the weapons they need. Um, they have a mute younger sibling, n- not younger by much, who they'll, who they take care of on their travels and they travel with. They're a little overprotective of them, but they do generally care. Genuinely care. Uh, they dress in monochromatic blue uh, to complement their scales. It's a very stark, but quite striking to go along with their imposing figure. Uh, and they're a former butcher who still gets sick at the sight of blood uh, after they discovered the true nature of their upbringing. They're a vengeance paladin who have gone on a quest to find their dragonborn kin and sort of reinvent themselves in their, their home culture or their, their born culture. And that is where we'll wrap up for today. So, Stacy, if you want to... Sure. My name is Stacy. Uh, I will be here again for when we do the sibling podcast. I don't have a Twitter. I don't have an Instagram. I barely have Facebook. So just keep subscribing to Die by the Dice and uh, it takes character and you'll hear from me again. Other than that, I'm a ghost. I think we'll bookend series two with these characters. So uh, we'll do a couple in the meantime and then we'll come back. We'll get you guys back to in a few weeks to uh set up austin jay uh, jay i've had a wonderful time i've loved this this has been so much fun um i want to also say i believe our character's favorite artist is going to be snoop dog yep um, so got to put that in there there it is <laughs> and um that's about it for me um same thing facebook twitter just contact john this has been great thank you so much for having me out it's been wonderful Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you both for coming. And I've been John. Uh, die by the dice on Twitter. Or if you have anything longer form, email us, die by the dice at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.